And welcome back to Liberal Day Radio. Awesome left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you live from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the YouTube chat at youtube.com slash Liberal Day Radio. If you're happy to be listening to the Blog Talk Radio chat, uh, just go ahead and head on over to the YouTube chat. It's much easier to coordinate two, one chat, not two. And I just prefer everybody at the YouTube chat. It also helps my numbers on YouTube. Uh, and if you're on YouTube and you haven't liked the video yet, make sure to like it. Uh, make sure to share the video so everybody else joins in. Make sure to get your friends to subscribe. I'm still trying to pump up towards that uh, 1,000 mark. Because once I get to 1,000, I'll be doing two nights a week. Uh, which will piss Henry off, my youngest son, because he... He, he's not looking forward to me doing two nights a week, especially during the summer, because he, he comes in here to stream a bunch. And, well, you know, he won't be happy if I start doing two nights a week because that impedes on his streaming time on his monitor over there. So, uh, of course, he could always clean up his own room and, and stream in his room, but we don't have to talk about that one at this point. Uh, shouts out to Jolie and uh, Aaron, the Mod Squad. Hashtag Team Mod Squad. Uh, shout out to West too, who are all Liberal Dan Radio patrons. Uh, if you want to be a Liberal Dan Radio patron as well, go to patreon.com slash Liberal Dan or patreon.liberaldan.com. Either way, we'll get you there. You can support the show. Little as $5 a month, or if you don't feel like supporting the show for on monthly month, month-to-month basis, you can always support the show on a one-time basis by going to liberaldan.com and going to buy me a uh, click the buy me a cider button or uh, you can Venmo me uh, li- at Liberal Dan at Venmo or just scan the Venmo right over there. Uh, and I'm confusing my left and my right because it, it's there screen-wise, but when I'm looking at the screen, it, it, it looks like it's that way, but it's that way. Um, what's going on, Jeff? How's it going? Thank you for joining. Um, also have a, have a semi-big announcement, I guess, when it comes to Nerdy Dan. Um, I've partnered with, uh, uh, an energy drink company, uh, that's sugar free. And, um, if you go to nerdydan.com and you click on the, the, the W, uh, logo, it sends you over there. And if you like energy drinks, you can give this one a shot, give these ones a shot. They have like samples that you could try. If you want to try out some of the samples, you can try out some things. I'll be, as soon as I get my samples, I'll be doing a taste test live on my Twitch streams. So you can check that out when I do that and wait for me to do that. But, you know, it's another way you could support my streams. Uh, I'll also be sharing those links here as well. Um, so Wes, Wes goes, computer was acting nuts during house show this morning. Turns out to be, have one of those Trojan viruses. Um, you need to have some sort of uh, computer prophylactic to protect, protect yourself from those Trojan viruses, huh? Um, what's up? Say hi. Thank you for joining. Appreciate you. Glad you're able to, to catch up. Um, good news, uh, in the world of, of good liberal Dan news is that last week I was positive for COVID this week. I'm not, I got the Paxlovid. I took the Paxlovid. I tested for, I tested, did the test on Sunday and last night did two tests within 48 hours. Both tests came back negative, which means according to the guidelines that I could go out and about and not have to mask up. So I was able to attend my, uh, I was able to attend my works bowling 
festivities tonight, although the bowling alley was weird in that instead of having your normal thing where the, where the rack comes down and grabs the pins and pulls them up, the pins were attached to strings. So when you hit the pins, like, you know, all of the pins got knocked down and then it would pull all the pins up via the strings, but they would remember which ones of the, which one of the pins were not knocked down, I guess, via the cameras or whatever. And then it would let those other pins down with the strings, which seemed to me to prevent some of the normal motion that would normally take place with a pin. So I didn't feel like I was getting like strikes when I would normally get a strike or spares when I would normally get spares because I wasn't getting some of the average motions or whatever. So I only got a, uh, I only got a 69, but not as good as I normally would like to have when I bowl. So sad trombone for my score on that one. Although, you know, 69 is always a good number, right? Haha, <laughs> because that's the sex number. Get it? Um, yes, those are very weird machines. Yes, that's right. I took ivermectin. You got me, Jeff. I took the ivermectin. I, I caved into the conservative crazies. But, hey, Trucker John, good luck on Ubering tonight. Uh, hope you make a bunch of money. Um, so with all of my uh, having to catch back up with some work, I haven't, I didn't have much time to put too much work into doing headlines. I mean, I was doing some work into, I did make a, a hypocrite of the week and I, I, I did uh, upload some audio from Josh Bernstein from Jeff's show on Thursday because it was interesting um hey mountain lady how's it going um but i didn't put too much work into headlines this week i only had one real headline that i could think of something funny for so my only headline this week was that uh sweden has been admitted to nato by unanimous vote uh the quote from the swedish representative was bergen 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 like the swedish chef you know so trucker john the speed limit is 68 because it's 69 yeah. I, now i see i thought the speed limit of love was 68 because you have to say 69 you have to turn around um or um what's the square root of 69 eight something why is 77 get better than 69 because you get eight more i'm here all week tip your waitress um uh, West Web, I've got rid of the virus, but still not sure how I keep getting them. Stop sticking your USB USB stick in the wrong ports. Um, any more sex jokes before we continue? Uh, I could go on. Uh, I do still have the cough. Unfortunately, last time I had the Paxlovid, um, the, the Paxlovid did manage to knock the cough just completely right out. I didn't have the lingering cough this time, even though the, 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 the Paxlovid did knock the COVID away. It did not seem to get rid of the cough entirely. Um, so, and I have my, my lone Ricola left. So I'll save this for an emergency. I did take some cough medicine before the show. And uh, I do have my tea and honey. The recipe. <laughs> so, 
Um, anyway. What else are we going to talk about today? What are we going to do first? We're going to do uh, – let's do Hypocrite of the Week first. We'll do, we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll start off with the Hypocrite of the Week, and then we'll go on to the uh, – See, actually, I'm, I'm a little mad at myself um, because the last – the two shows ago that I did was – the title of the show was Putin on the Fritz, and for the entirely of, entirety of the show, I never once did what I intended on doing which was singing the, if you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putin on the fritz. Never sang it once, and I was mad at myself because I ended the show. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't do it, and I was like, darn it. So, anywho, so this week's the Critter Week is this week's hypocrite of the week is former president donald trump in 2016 then candidate trump questioned if the government of saudi arabia was involved with or had any prior knowledge of the 9-11 attacks on this country now the twice impeached and twice indicted former president stands to profit greatly from the alliance between the pga and live golf because the 50 million dollar pga tour championship will be played at trump's national doral golf club i guess if the money is right eh donald to see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left, that's right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central, and Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube, and blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. Anyways, I mean, I think that does open the door for the conversation of corruption, uh, because if Donald Trump, God forbid, manages to get reelected, um, he, you know, stands, it, it just shows how he stands to make tons of money. I mean, he said, you know, all of his supporters claim that oh he's such a wonderful person he never took a paycheck he donated his paycheck blah 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 but he forced he caused all of his um he caused all of his uh resorts to be stayed at like he he told the air force to land at some airfield in scotland that you know probably wasn't capable shouldn't have been you know equipped to handle his own the the, the air force's airplane just so that they could stay at his Scotland resort so that he could charge the U.S. government for them to stay there. All the times he stayed at Mar-a-Lago when he was in Florida, all of the rooms that they had to stay there, all of the Secret Service and all the other people that would stay at Mar-a-Lago, guess what? He made money off of uh, anytime they stayed at Bedminster or whatever. That's money that he makes off of the federal government. Anytime the Secret Service now has to stay at Bedminster or has to stay at Mar-a-Lago or anywhere else that he stays at any of his resorts, it's money that he makes off of the federal government. So he's making money hand over fist even after the fa- even after he's still president. Why? Because he's 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 a grifter. And now, you know, he even though at the beginning of his candidacy he seemed to be playing tough wanting to play the tough guy when it comes to saudi arabia <clears throat> what was the all like remember when he was all like mister i think we should go over there and kill all the terrorists and and take all of their oil and claim it for ourselves remember that guy that ran in 2016 the warmonger donald trump now donald trump's the i want to be best buddies with uh, Saudis, you know, they killed the journalists. Um, and, and even though our own intelligence people were like, you know, I think we think they had something to do with the murder of, of, um, of the journalist. And he's like, no, I trust him. They didn't, 
I don't believe that the, that the Saudi royal family had anything to do with the murder of the of the journalists whatsoever. It, you know. Thank you, Donald. So he was kissing their butt, their proverbial butt, all all the live long day, just like he kissed Putin's butt, just like he kissed Kim Jong Un's butt. Um, because everybody, all, all of the tyrants, but because he wants to be a, he's a wannabe tyrant because he wants to, he wants to rule like a tyrant. He wanted to have that military parade in his honor, you know, not in the, not to honor the country, but to honor him because he sees all of the other parades that honor all these other a-holes and is like, why can't I have one of these two? So he kisses Saudi Arabia's ass and now that Saudi Arabia has done this deal with the PGA um, and has basically the PGA was like, well, we can't beat them. So we're going to join them to the chagrin of many a golfer and to the chagrin of many uh, 9-11 families who believe that uh, there's a big connection between the two. And there are, there are people who are heavily involved in like the 9-11 commission and people who believe that there's a lot more ties than, than a lot of people know about. Uh, between the Saudi royal family and uh, the, those and, and the people who committed the attacks and Bin Laden and everything like that, and Trump's more than happy to to tie himself, couple himself tightly to the people who are in charge of this Live Golf um, organization, who are basically coupled tightly with the Saudi royal family, and he's more than happy to have their the fifty million dollar. Um, PGA tournament uh, championship next year at his uh, golf resort down in South Florida. Why? Because he's all about the grift. He's all about making money. And do you think that if he becomes president again, that he's not going to leverage his power as president to, to get more, even more money and, and get even more support, you know, for him and his family for, for other business dealings across the globe? Of course he will. It's ridiculous. Aaron, I don't want to think about T's face near anyone's butt. Well, I mean, it is, you know, sorry, white, sorry. I have, you know, that's the way that business is done. It's the art of the ass kiss. <laughs> it's the next book. The art of the deal comes before the art of, it, it comes after. It's the prequel. The art of the ass kiss comes before the art of the deal. It's the, it's the super secret prequel that nobody knows about. Um, Yes, Saudis have been involved in terrorism since coming to power, of course. Um, let's see. Boo, 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 boo. Haven't missed too much in the chat. Um, so, so yeah. So we've got this that we're dealing with, and 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 you know you have a lot of you have you have a lot of golfers that are pissed, you have a lot of 9/11 families that are pissed, you have people that are dying still from 9/11 because of all the first responders that you know had to deal with all of the you know the inhaling of all of the dust and everything from the towers that fell, and them all going into the buildings and trying to rescue and dig up all of the the, the survivors and dig up all the victims and all the dead, and the Republicans in Congress who fought tooth and nail to fight giving them aid even though they claim to be so for first responders, but nope, they don't, they're not just like they're not for the military. Like Tommy Tuberville, I was, I was trying to make him the words of redneck wisdom, but he really didn't have anything new 
to come out with that that had to do with his um his um his ideas about white nationalism and white nationalists a lot of people have just been replaying his words recently because he's still um trying to block new military appointments because he doesn't like the idea that the u.s military is going to uh fly uh persons who are pregnant uh, who need uh reproductive health care uh to places where they can get the reproductive health care because they believe it violates uh uh, the rules when it comes to federal expenditures on abortions, and well, I say big F you, uh, because these people uh, did not choose to go into these uh, deployment areas. They were ordered to go to these military bases that are now in states where abortion is illegal. So they should be able to travel uh, to areas where they can get the legal medical care that they need. Um, if one of our soldiers is raped and ends up getting pregnant because of it and needs to have a, an abortion to terminate the pregnancy, then they should be able to do so without question. And the fact that he's willing to block uh, military appointments simply because he doesn't like the fact that they should have the right to freely move around the country and be able to freely choose whatever to do with their bodies, then he can go kick rocks for all I care. So... There goes my appetite, LOL. Um, so, so yeah. Tuberville should have stuck with coaching. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that. He should have stuck with the coaching of the football, of sports balls, and not done anything with, uh, with that. Um, let's see. Bloop, 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 bloop. So what else? What else is going on um, corruption-wise? Um, the other thing that I want to talk about before I move on to the next topic, though, is the idea that a single senator can block anything. No single senator can, should be able to block anything. Period. Like the standing rules of the Senate, like like according to Wikipedia, you know, in the United States Senate, a hold is a parliamentary procedure permitted by the Senate standing rules of the Senate, which allows one or more senators to prevent a motion from reaching a vote on the Senate floor. If the senator provides notice privately to their party leadership of their intent and the party leadership agrees, then the hold is known as, is known as a secret or anonymous hold. If the senator objects on the Senate floor, then the hold is publicly revealed. And then as more generally known as, as a senatorial hold, um, sections two and three of rule seven of the standing rules of the Senate outline the procedure for bringing motions to the floor of the Senate. Under these rules, no motion to proceed to the consideration of any bill shall be entertained unless by unanimous consent. In practice, this means that a senator may privately provide notice to his or her party leadership of an intent to object to a motion. The leadership can more easily schedule business if they know in advance which unanimous consent requests are likely to receive objection. The original intent of these sections was to provide a senator's right to be consulted on legislation that affected a senator's state or which a senator has great interest. The ability to place a hold would, would allow that senator an opportunity to study the legislation and to reflect on its implications before moving forward. According to congressional research, calls were not common until the 1970s, where they became more common due to a less co collegial atmosphere and increasing use of unanimous consent to move business to the floor. 
Holes like filibusters can be defeated through successful cloture motions. However, the time required to bring a cloture motion often allows fewer than 40 senators to block important, unimportant legislation when the majority is not willing to force the vote. Countermeasures to excessive holes may be increased determination on the part of the leadership to bring up measures despite holes, but the delay involved in cloture votes constrains the leader's ability to do this. Anyway, so, no. Yeah, so... The idea that you should need unanimous consent to bring something to the Senate floor is ridiculous. I understand the idea of perhaps maybe if something's going to affect your particular state, that maybe in that case you should be able, you should be required to like consult the senator of the state and be like, hey, this is going to affect your state. What you think about it, and then have a requirement to talk about that, and then maybe, maybe require some sort of more than a simple majority if it's going to affect that person's state. But this isn't something that's directly affecting this person, Trevorville State. This is something that's affecting every state. So if it's affecting every state, no individual senator should be able to individually block the legislation. So, no, screw that. It shouldn't be a rule. They should yeet that rule completely and at least change it. I don't know. At least change it to something else that doesn't allow for this BS to put it nicely. Anywho. Again, before reset the show, before, before we move on to the next subject of corruption, Liberal Dan Radio, talk from left, that's right. Uh, I want to support the show, patreon.com slash liberal dan or patreon.liberaldan.com. Um, or please remember to like the, cha- like, the, like the stream if you haven't done so already. Um, comment and like on videos that you haven't watched yet. Share videos as well. Uh, that you haven't watched, just to get the algorithms going. Um, Got to help Al Gore get those algorithms going. Make sure that, you know, get those videos seen by other people so we can start pushing them out there and start getting people, more people seeing them because the more people see them, the more people will engage with them and maybe the more people will subscribe with them, etc. cetera. Um, if you don't, if you can't support the show on a monthly basis, but by, by, by being a Liberal Dan Radio patron, you can also for the show one-time basis, clicking on the Buy Me a Cider button on liberaldan.com or go to buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldanradio or Venmo me at liberaldan on Venmo, clicking the, uh, or scan this, the Venmo code right there. But again, subscribing and getting your friends to subscribe is the best way to help the show. Help me get to 1,000 subs because once I get to 1,000 subs, I am going to start doing two shows a week and that will help me reach the minimum required views to be able to get to 4,000 hours of show watched, which will then help me get monetized, which will then be able to bring in more stuff. And then I'll start working on part two of expanding the show, which will be then I'll start, I'll start working on whether or not I want to start building up the Twitch side of this. If you do want to help me start building the Twitch side of this now, twitch.tv slash liberal Dan radio. I do have that going. I don't stream to it currently, but I do need a minimum number of, of Twitch followers. I think it's 50 uh, to be able to get to there. I'm not. I'm nowhere near the minimum required of watchers and whatevers. Um, when we get to that point for me to become a Twitch affiliate, I'll let you know. Um, but um, if you do want to help start that process and you already have Twitch, just follow my follow me Twitch.tv slash Liberal Day and Radio as well. Um, we can get that ball rolling, um, just kind of to, just just kind of get that started, and we'll see. Um, 
who knows? Maybe if I get to 50, maybe I'll start focusing on that and start doing that live stream too and see if I can get that monetized as well. And maybe then I'll start, maybe then I'll, because I already have the nerdydan.com monetized. So we'll see. So if I can get both monetized, maybe I'll just, you know, get that going and then do the other one. Maybe I should do that first. We'll see. I don't know. Anyway, twitch.tv slash liberaldanradio. It's my other one there. So next corruption topic. U.S. attorney announces charges against co-director of ThinkTac for acting as an unregistered foreign agent, trafficking in arms, violating U.S. sanctions against Iran, and making false statements to federal agents. Gal Luft, a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen, allegedly evaded FARA registration while working to advance the interests of China in the U.S.-United States and sought to broker the illicit sales of Chinese-manufactured weapons and Iranian oil to China. Who is Gail Luft? I bet Gail Luft is a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen. Um, Gail Luft is the, uh, is the guy who the GOP backed on Hunter Biden claims. He is the GOP House informant. He is the supposed informant that supposedly disappeared. He is the one that they were talking about. Where did this informant go? Where did he go to? Where did he disappear to? Well, well, now it's probably on the run. Trying to avoid being, you know, charged with crimes. Damien Williams, this is from the, uh, Justice.gov, from the Southern District of New York. Damian Williams, the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York. Uh, Matthew G. Olson, the Assistant Attorney General for National Security. And Christy M. Curtis, the Acting Assistant Director in charge of New York Field Office of the FBI, announced today the unsealing of an eight-count indictment charging Gal Luft with offenses related to willfully failing to register under the Foreign Agents Registration Act, or FARA, arms trafficking, Iranian sanctions violation, and making false statements to federal agents. Luft, a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen, was indicted on November 1st, 2022, and arrested February 17th, 2023, in the Republic of Cyprus. Based on the charges of the indictment, Luft subsequently fled, as I said. I, see, I actually read the entire thing. All I did was read the headline. <coughs> All I did was read the headlines. It's like, okay, we need to talk about this on the show. He fled after being released on bail while extradition process proceedings were pending and remained a fugitive. U.S. Attorney Damien said, Damien Williams said, as alleged, got left a dualistic citizen, co-head of a Maryland think tank engaged in multiple serious criminal schemes. He subverted foreign agent registration laws in the United States to seek to promote Chinese policies by acting through a former high-ranking U.S. government official. He acted as a broker in deals for dangerous weapons and Iranian oil. He told multiple lies about his crimes to law enforcement. As the charges unsealed today reflect, our office will continue to work vigorously with our law enforcement partners to detect and hold accountable those who surreptitiously attempt to perpetrate malign foreign influence campaigns here in the United States. Um, For years, left a dual U.S. Israeli citizen who serves as the co-chair of a Maryland-based think tank engaged along with others in multiple international criminal schemes. First, Luft conspired with others 
in an effort to act within the United States to advance the interests of the People's Republic of China, China, as agents of China-based principles without registering as foreign agents as required under U.S. law as part of the scheme while serving as co-director of a Maryland-based nonprofit think tank, Luft agreed to covertly recruit and pay on behalf of principals in China, a former high-ranking U.S. government official, Individual One, including in 2016, while the former official was an advisor to then-president-elect to publicly support certain policies with respect to China without Luft or Individual One filing a registration statement as an agent of a foreign principal with Attorney General of the United States in violation of FARA. Individual one, I wonder, could it have been Rudy? I don't know. I'm just asking questions like Glenn Black does. Um, who else could it have been? I don't know. Among other things, in the weeks before the 2016 presidential election, Luft and a co-conspirator, co-conspirator, co-conspirator one, who was a Chinese national and worked for a Chinese non-NGO affiliated with a Chinese energy company, created a written dialogue between co-conspirator one and individual one in which Luft wrote individual one's responses and included information that was favorable to China. Blah, 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 blah. Shortly after the 2016 election, Luft and CC1 discussed possible roles individual one might have in, incoming, in the incoming U.S. administration and discussed individual one taking a silent trip to China. Luft responded that we are debating about this role in the new administration. There are all kinds of considerations. We should talk face to face. Maybe it was maybe as um, Michael, what's his face? The other guy that got arrested and went to jail or whatever. Not Brown. Or maybe it was the uh, what's this guy's name? So many criminals in the Trump administration. It's hard to keep all of them straight. Uh, second. Love conspired with others to broker illicit arms transactions with others, certain Chinese individuals and entities. In his role as a broker or middleman, Luft worked to find buyers and sellers of certain weapons and materials in violation of the Arms Control Act, blah, 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 blah. Third, Luft conspired with others and attempted to broker deals for Iranian oil, which he directed his associate to refer as Brazilian oil in an effort to conceal the activity and evade sanctions in violation of U.S. sanctions against Iran. Um... So Luft, 57, a dual citizen, formerly resided in Maryland and Israel, now is a fugitive, has been charged with following offenses, conspiracy to violate FARA, five years, conspiracy to violate the Arms Export Control Act, five years, violation of the Arms Export Control Act for Libya, 20 years, (coughs) 20 years for three of those, for Libya, UAE, and Kenya, making false statements, five years, Conspiracy to violate the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, 20 years, making false statements another five years. Um, if you have any information about Luft's whereabouts, please contact your local FBI office. This matter is being handled by the Office of National Security International Narcotics Unit, um, blah, 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 blah. So there you go. Corruption connected to uh, the Donald Trump administration. Corruption uh, connected to the current GOP, uh, who were using um, the Gallup promoted by House Republicans as possessing evidence of corruption by the Biden family, was charged by federal prosecutors with lobbying and sanctions violations and with brokering arms deals with China and Iran. Uh, 
Glenn Thrush in the New York Times, the co-director of a Maryland-based research group who claims to have damaging information about Hunter Biden, has been charged with arms trafficking, sanctions, violations, blah, 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 according to federal indictment. Uh, Mr. Luft promoted by some congressional Republicans as, as a keystone witness in their efforts to show corruption by the Biden family is a fugitive from justice. He was detained by law enforcement officials in Cyprus in February in connection with the indictment, but fled after being freed on bond while awaiting extradition. Where is he? They asked. He's fleeing the law. Like, as I said, as I, like, why am I right all, all the time? Like, again, I, I, I didn't read any of this before I, before I just read the start. Like, okay, we need to talk about this on the show. Let's read this on the show live. Yeah, and I'm like, he's probably on the run. That's why the that's why the Republicans don't know where he is. He is literally on the run now. Wait, oh, that's that's I can't I don't have that live on my button. That's on my Twitch stream. <laughs> Silly Wonka, Israel has been corrupted by Russian oligarchs. It's bad. We'll get to Israel in a second. We're gonna get to full on Israel corruption in a second. Because I got some words about Israel in a second. Don't you worry. Because um, this is just Israel adjacent because he's just a, a dual citizen of Israel. We're going to go full on Israel in, in a few minutes. So, yeah, the Republicans, they back the wrong horse here. They're like, ooh, there's this guy. He's got all this information. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna... But see, here's the thing with the Republicans. When the Republicans read The Boy Who Cried Wolf, the lesson they learned from the story is if somebody lies, continue to believe them because they might tell the truth at some point later down the road. That's the lesson they learned from the story, not the real moral of the story, which is don't lie because at some point people are going to stop believing you when you do tell the truth. Their moral that they learned was keep believing liars in case one day they do tell the truth. That's, that's the moral of the story that they heard, apparently. So that's that. Um, that's, 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 the, that's the next part of the corruption. Now more corruption, corruption, corruption. Lawyers with Supreme Court business paid Clarence Thomas aid via Venmo. I tweeted this earlier, so if you follow if you follow me at Liberty Radio on Twitter, you've already seen this article, <coughs> or maybe you've seen this article from other people. But if you follow me at Liberty Radio on Twitter, you have seen this article before as well. I'm also on Liberty Radio on Threads, so if you want to follow me there too, I'm there as well. But payment to Rajan Vasisht. Apologies if I pronounced it wrong. An aid from 2019 to 2021 underscores ties between the justice and lawyers who argue cases in front of him. Yes, Silly Wonka, tradition. That's what I was going for. Several lawyers who have had business before the Supreme Court, including the one who successfully argued to end race-conscious admissions at universities, paid money to a top aide to Clarence Justice Clarence Thomas, according to the AIDS Venmo transactions. The payments appear to have been made in connection to Thomas's 2019 Christmas party. The payments to Rajan Vasisht 
who served as Thomas's aide from July 2019 to July 2021, seemed to underscore the close ties between Thomas, who was embroiled in ethics scandals following a series of revelations about his relationship with the wealthy billionaire donor, and certain senior Washington lawyers who argue cases and have other business in front of the justice. Vashist's Venmo account, which was public prior to requesting comment for this article and is no longer show that he received seven payments in November and December 2019 from lawyers who previously served as Thomas's legal clerks. The amount of the payments is, are not disclosed. Wait. The amount of the payments is not disclosed. The amount is or the amount of the payments are? That seems to be weird. Like, to me, it should be the amount of the payments are not disclosed. Or there should be the amounts of the payments are not disclosed. But to say the amount of the payments is not disclosed seems inartfully worded. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just being pedantic. But the purpose of each payment is listed as either Christmas party, Thomas Christmas party, CT Christmas party, or CT Xmas party. (coughs) Excuse me. In an apparent reference to the justice's initials. However, it remains unclear what the funds were for. The lawyers who made the Venmo transactions were Patrick Strawbridge, a partner at Consavoy McCarthy, who recently successfully successfully argued that affirmative action violated the Constitution. Kate Todd, who served as White House Deputy Counsel under Donald Trump at the time of the payment and is now a managing party of Ellis George Cipollone's law office, Albert Lynn, former Solicitor General of West Virginia, who played a key role in a Supreme Court case that limited the EPA agency's ability to regulate greenhouse gas emissions, and Brian Smallsbach. Sounds like Balzac from, like, The Music Man. Chaucer, Rabelais, Smallsbach. Anyway, sorry, a partner at McGuire Woods, who has argued multiple cases before the Supreme Court. Other lawyers who made payments include Manuel Val, a graduate of Hillsdale College and University of Chicago Law School, who clerked for Thomas last year and is currently working as a managing associate at Sidley and Liam Hardy, who was working at the Department of Justice Office of Legal Counsel at the time the payment was made and now serves as an appeals court judge for the armed forces. Will Consavoy, who died earlier this year, also made a payment. Consavoy will clerk for Thomas during the 2008-2009 term, was considered a rising star in conservative circles. After his death, the Times reported that Consavoy had come away from his time working for Thomas with the conviction that the court was poised to tilt further to the right and that constitutional rulings had, had once been considered out of reach by conservatives on issues like voting rights, abortion, and affirmative action would suddenly be within grasp. None of the lawyers who made payments responded to email questions from The Guardian. According to his resume, the Fish's duties included assisting the justice with administrative functioning of his chambers, including personal correspondence and his personal and office schedule. The Fish did not respond to an email list of questions from The Guardian, including questions about who solicited the payments, how much individuals paid, what the purpose of the payments was. It shouldn't be what the purpose of the payments were. Uh, the Guardian also asked questions about the nature of Thomas's Christmas party, how many guests were invited, and where the event took place. Reached via WhatsApp and asked if he would make a statement. The fish replied, no, thank you. I do not want to be contacted. Legal experts said the payments to the fish raised red flags. Richard Painter, who served as White House Chief 
White, chief White House ethics lawyer in the George W. Bush administration and has been a vocal critic of the role dark money plays in politics, said it was not appropriate for former Thomas Law clerks who were established in private practice to, in effect, send money to the Supreme Court via Venmo. There's no excuse for it. Thomas could invite them to his Christmas party, and he could attend Christmas parties as long as they were not discussing any cases. His Christmas party should not be paid for by lawyers, a federal government employee collecting money from lawyers for any reason. I don't see how this works. Uh, Painter said that he would possibly make an exception if recent law clerks were paying their own way for a party, but almost all the lawyers who made payments are senior litigators at big law firms. Cedric Payne, the general counsel and senior director of ethics at Campaign Legal Center, said that based on available information, it was possible the former clerks were paying their own party expenses and not expenses for Thomas, which he believed was different than random lawyers, blah, blah, blah. But the point remains that the public is in an explanation, so they don't have to speculate. I agree. Thomas has been embroiled in ethics scandals for weeks. Short In short, um, this doesn't pass the smell test. Of course, Clarence Thomas did not respond. Nobody in his office has responded. Nobody, none of these lawyers has responded, and which means it just smells even worse than what it did before anybody found out about it to begin with. So even more smelly stuff coming from the office of Justice Clarence Thomas. Nobody should be surprised at this point. Uh, the amount of corruption coming out of this, the conservative wing of the Supreme Court is just ridiculous. And the, the fact that Roberts doesn't want to do anything about it makes me question Roberts's, um, <coughs> excuse me, ethics as well. Ah. Yeah, this is this is not going to be a long show today. I, I can guarantee you that. Um, because yeah, I'm still fighting the cough, even though I'm negative for COVID. Wes, it is not the mafia; they're way above the mafia. Absolutely. Um, I did make a joke. There was somebody who was, it was like nine criminals or nine people that they listed. It was like, um, you're in a jam. You need one of these fictional characters to help you out. Who would they help you out? Uh, who would you want to help you out? And one of them was Raymond Reddington. And if you haven't watched Ray, The Blacklist, it's almost over. Uh, but Raymond Reddington is, is uh, played by James Spader. It's a great show. And um, he's on this secret task force um, where he has a blacklist of all these criminals that he's aware of that he basically turns into the FBI and they, the FBI gets to turn these people in um, or gets these people, gets to capture these people, get these big wins. Um, and by getting these big wins, they, um, you know, they get to justify the fact that they are using this most America's most wanted criminal to be able to, uh, and not putting him in jail and giving him immunity. Well, but in doing so, he also gets to further his criminal empire and he uses the federal government, whatever. So basically I said, yeah, I, I want to use Raymond Reddington because, you know, first of all, Raymond Reddington has this huge criminal empire at his, huge criminal empire at his disposal. Plus he has his own people that he, that he works for as well, implying that the FBI was a huge criminal empire. Anyway, um, one of the two last topics I do want to talk about today before I tap out because of my throat. Um, 
Benjamin Netanyahu is back in the news. Um, and now he's back with pushing his judicial overhaul crap, which caused many people to go riot and protest. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has relaunched his government's quest to change Israel's justice system, rekindling unprecedented nationwide protests. The Knesset, Israel's Congress, is scheduled to vote on a bill. Um, that was, this was from July 10th, um, and they passed it, I believe, um, uh, to vote on a bill that limits Supreme Court powers. First of three parliamentary readings, protests are likely to testify if it passes. Netanyahu's religious nationalist government uh, launched its judicial overhaul plan in January, soon after it was, he was sworn in, or it was sworn in. The proposed changes include curbs on Supreme Court's writ while granting the government decisive powers in appointing judges. Um, but with increasing alarm amongst Israel's, Israel's Western allies, swelling unrest and a falling shekel, uh, Netanyahu suspended the push late in March to allow for talks with opposition parties. Those fell through. Netanyahu relaunched legislation, scrapping some of the originally proposed changes, uh, such as a clause that would have allowed Parliament to override a court ruling while moving forward with others. Uh, what is the new reasonableness bill? It is an amendment that would limit the Supreme Court's ability to void decisions made by the government, ministers, and elected officials by stripping the judges of the power to deem such decisions unreasonable. Proponents say this would allow more effective governance while still leaving the court with other standards of judicial review, such as proportionality. Critics say without constitutionally, constitution, constitutionally based checks and balances, this would open the door to corruptions and abuses of power. What's the government's problem with judiciary? Many in the ruling coalition see the bench as left-leaning elitist and too interventionalist in the political sphere, while often putting minority rights before national interests and assuming authority that should only be held in the hands of elected officials. Um, why are so many Israelis protesting? They believe democracy is in danger. Many fear that even as he argues his innocence in a long-running corruption trial, Netanyahu and his hard-right government will curb judicial independence. With serious diplomatic and economic fallout, polls have shown the overhaul to be unpopular with most Israelis who are mainly concerned about rising living costs and security issues. Um, so yeah, basically everyone is looking. Everybody who is opposed to this is looking at this and basically saying Netanyahu is doing this uh, because he doesn't want um, he doesn't want the court to be able to basically kick him out. <laughs> Um, or or to punish him in his corruption, it, it, for his corrupt activities and corrupt behavior or whatever. And yeah, so according to the July 10th article from Reuters, uh, Israel Parliament gave its initial approval to the bill that limits some Supreme Court power um, to drive the change of the justice system by Netanyahu's ruling, co ruling coalition of nationalist and religious parties um, has sparked the unprecedented protests. Um, they have 64 of the 120 seats. Um, they won the first of three votes that, for the new bill uh, to be written into law. Um, let's see. Let's click on the new bill to see what. Oh, that's just the link to the last article I was looking at. So, yeah. All my problems that I have. I mean, I'm Jewish. I've been to Israel. I think Israel has a right to exist. I think the Palestinian people have a right to their own country as well. Um, I think a one-state solution is silly. I don't think you force two groups of people that have been forced to mistrust each other for decades and centuries. You don't force them to live in the same country. I don't think that's possible. Um, 
I, I think that that would just be a recipe for disaster. I think you have to show that they can live as neighbors together before you decide to put them both together into one and let them unify, let them choose to unify together. I think the problem over in Israel has been forever con- it's conservatives, both, you know, Likud and other conservative parties in Israel basically use uh, the others, i.e. Palestinians and uh, as, as you know, the threat, they're, they're out to kill you. So you need to put us in charge so that we can protect you from those people. And then Hamas and the other religious conservatives on the, on the Palestinian side use the threat of, you know, Israeli citizens and saying they're the, they're the bad people, they're the threat, and they're going to kill you. So you need us to protect you from those people. Um, so you need, to, you need us in charge. And so they use fear-mongering to keep themselves in power. And then, of course, the conservatives in, in America who, you know, fund things like the settlements and everything else just love the fact that, you know, they don't really necessarily like the Jews a lot, but they hate the Muslims a lot worse and are more than happy to see the Jews kill more brown people. So they're more than happy to fund things like settlements and, um, and, and help the Israelis attack Muslims. So uh, Robert Douglas. Yes, I am aware that Trump stupidly moved the embassy to Jerusalem. I think that was a dumb move. Um, should the, should should an embassy be in the capital of a country? Sure, why not? But uh, what did he get for it? He got nothing for it. Absolutely nothing. Mr. Art of the Deal got nothing for that move. Like if I was the president of the United States and I wanted to give Israel the gift of moving the embassy of United States from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, I'd have been like, okay, this will be part of a, a, a sweeping deal, and it's going to be part of. I will recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, but y'all need to rein back the settlements. Y'all need to do X, Y, and Z. Y'all need to have Palestinian independence. Y'all need to do, you know, y'all need to make sure that you don't, you know, you, you're not going to use like white phosphorus against citizens of, of Palestine. You, you need to make sure that, you know, you, you dot all your I's and cross all your T's when it comes to your actions, as it comes to going after Hamas and that you're making sure that everything is done properly and that you're not overreaching. And, you know, there would have to be a lot on, there would have to be a lot of concessions that, that is Israel would have to make in order for me as the president of the United States to agree to putting the, to putting the embassy of, the American embassy into Jerusalem. And that's all I'm saying is that there would have to be much more on the table than just me doing what it basically accounted to a big F you to all of the Muslim States around, around the area. Cause that's basically all Trump was doing. He was basically saying, Hey, I'm going to do this. It's going to make the evangelicals happy. It's going to make these, it's going to make my friend BB happy and it's not going to do anything like when I play my nerdy games that I like to play a lot, um, one of one of my friends who plays the games with me has a has a common saying that too often people confuse doing something with accomplishing something. Like doing something within a game, it might just be a waste of time if it doesn't accomplish anything. Moving the embassy to Israel. I mean, to Jerusalem in Israel is an example of doing something that doesn't accomplish anything. It didn't improve the situation in Israel anymore. It didn't make the situation better. It was just something that he could stick in his hat and be like, this is what I did. Look at me. I'm awesome. 
It's just another a vanity project, one of his many vanity projects, just like his wall was an attempt at a vanity project, just like his desire to have a military parade for his honor was not, was not for anybody else, just for him. That's what he wanted, something to benefit himself, not to benefit anybody else, not to honor the military, not to honor anybody else. But like I remember back in the day, um, I think it was Jeff basically saying, um, um, and where, when like you know Jews were fleeing Russia, Jews were fleeing Russia. Jews were not very happy with Russia. Um, my mom's parents. So they had her adoptive parents voted for Reagan in 84 because they, they, they appreciated the fact how Reagan was being tough against Russia, against the Soviet Union. They didn't, they didn't want somebody who they felt was going to be weak against the Soviet Union. Um, so it was weird to me when not Netanyahu previously um, was like happy and bragging about a good relationship with Vladimir Putin. Long, so according to this article on CNN, which I, I think it's been weakened since, because long before the current war in Ukraine, Israel had maintained strict neutrality and hostilities between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, former Russian diplomat explained to me that Putin respects strength and sees Israel as a strong country with which he wants to be on good terms. Same is true of Israel's leaders, especially Ben Netanyahu, the country's longest-serving prime minister who returned to office in 2022. Netanyahu was so proud of what he claimed was a close relationship with Putin that in 2019 he used photographs of them together as part of his election campaign. He has claimed on multiple occasions that the relationship was advantageous to Israel's strategic st- defenses. The idea that a conservative... Israeli Prime Minister would use a former KGB agent as a positive in a political campaign is just mind-boggling to me. It just boggles the mind. Um, Two leaders reached an agreement where Israel will continue to operate in Syrian airspace but would only attack targets linked to Iran while leaving Assad's forces untouched. Uh, over the years, senior Israeli officials have been at pains to emphasize while Israeli's chief strategic ally remains the United States, it was crucial to maintain coordination with the Russians. Um, when Russians invaded Ukraine on February 24th, Netanyahu was not in office. Prime Minister was Naftali Bennett, uh, and he stuck to the neutrality, po- neutrality policy. Blah, 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 blah. In recent months, as Russia began using Iranian drones to attack Ukrainian targets, Israel agreed to supply Kiev through NATO with intelligence and technical information on how to counter the Iranian drone threat. Not everyone in Israeli leadership agreed with Bennett's neutral policy. Um, Ten months after the Russian invasion, Netanyahu returned to office. Suddenly, he was a lot less friendly towards Putin. He took one congratulatory phone call from him a week before his inauguration. 
That was all. Meanwhile, in media interviews, he said he was reconsidering Israel's policy on the Ukraine war. One Israeli general told me that the fear of Russia is overblown and Russia, Israel had, could have been more supportive of Ukraine without any fear of retribution. Netanyahu has two immediate reasons for changing policy and supporting Ukraine. A former Israeli intelligence officer who was deeply involved in Israeli's military relationship with Russia. First, Russia has greatly diluted its forces in Syria. As they were needed in Ukraine, the threat to Israel from them is now negligible. Second, Russia is now using Iranian drones and missiles. And Israel now has a valuable opportunity to supply Ukraine with defense systems so we can see how they well they do in an actual war. One day we may have to see use them against the same Iranian weapons. <coughs> Excuse me. So there are advantages. There's now military advantages and less military disadvantages for Israel to take a side of, of take the side of Ukraine in this conflict. So it's not necessarily like all of a sudden Putin has stopped liking Putin, but he sees potentially a reason why there's a reason a reason for him to now like or be supportive of the Ukrainian side. Aquatic. Why trust Zelensky? Uh, Silly Wonka, I don't trust Netanyahu. I don't trust Netanyahu either. Um, I'll, first of all, I don't understand why they call him Bibi. I don't, I don't get the whole Bibi thing. Like back when Netanyahu was like first prime minister, like nobody called him Bibi. For some reason, Bibi became the new thing, and I don't know why it became Bibi, and that annoyed me. It still annoys me. But... Um, I don't trust Netanyahu because he's he's a hardline conservative, and I don't trust conservatives, like conservative politicians. I don't trust. I mean, I trust I trust conservative politicians much less than I trust liberal politicians. So I trust politicians at all now, but I'm, I'm much more likely to trust a liberal politician than I am a conservative politician. So, um, and then. So why trust Zelensky? Um, I trust Zelensky more than I trust Putin. Uh, I trust that Zelensky will do what he needs to do uh, in order to keep you know, himself in power and will be happy to, for the aid that we give him versus Putin just wants to be a warmonger and wants to have control of the entire world if he could have it. So it's not a matter of trusting Zelensky. It's a matter of, you know, opposing Putin. Putin, oh, my God, bringing a boy, Putin would run America better than Biden. Are you kidding me? Are you just saying that's a troll? Because come on. Are you, I mean, because this is like the ridiculousness that, that I've seen from conservatives that this is the ridiculousness that I've seen from conservatives that all of a sudden Putin has become like somebody that they admire. And I'm like, what? Putin used to be the enemy. Yeah. I don't know what just Zelensky being Jewish has anything to do with it. Um, the whole thing about, but it's weird. It's weird that people say that, you know, Putin is like uh, Zelensky's, you know, harboring Nazis. Well, it's hard for me to believe that Zelensky, the Jewish person is harboring Nazis. Like it, it, it would be kind of weird for Zelensky to be harboring Nazis. I'm not, not to say that there are no Jews that, when convenient, cozy up to Nazis. There were Jews 
who didn't believe that Hitler would do the things that he was claiming he would do, that he was just claiming to do all those things just to rile up the idiots, and they didn't believe that they would really be in trouble, and so they helped him rise to power. You know, there are Jews that don't believe that the Republicans, you know, are going to really help out the, the white supremacists, you know, that, that support their party who, or, you know, who believe that, you know, all of those people marching down the streets of Charlottesville saying the Jews will not replace us and blood and soil and all that other fun stuff that they said. There, there are Jews who, who are like, oh, they're not to be taken seriously. <laughs> there are good people on both sides. You know, if you're a Jewish person and you support the person who says there are good people on both sides, no. There was nobody on that side of Charlottesville march. If you're on the side with the Nazis that are marching along saying the Jews will not replace us and shouting blood and soil, if you're on the same side of a protest as a, as a Nazi and you don't immediately switch to the other side of the aisle, you know, you're not a good person. Sorry, just not the case. Hey, TV2, what's going on? Um... And there are no very far right forces in the Ukraine. If there, if there, like, there are more, there are, there are, there is a bigger problem of far right militias in America than there is in Ukraine. Like, if people are worried about far right extremist militias in a country, look here. The ones here need to be dealt with. The only far right forces that need to be dealt with in Ukraine are the ones being run by Putin. Not the ones that are supporting Ukraine. So, like, it's just, that's just one of the many things that the Russian propagandists are trying to use. And look, and just to be very clear, and we talked about this the last time that Phil Littner was on the show. When Phil Littner was on the show last time, he had retweeted somebody else, but we were talking about this for a little bit as well, is that, Russian propaganda and Russian misinformation. It's not necessarily done to make you believe that misinformation, although some people will believe it. It's done to make you disbelieve everything else. If you believe it, then as we say here in Louisiana, it's lanyap. It's it's a little extra bonus. If you believe it, cool. But it's it's made it's it's helped it's it's just put out there to help muddy the water so you don't believe anything else. You know, you don't have to believe that what they say is true as long as it helps you doubt what everyone else is saying is true, too. That's all that matters to them. All right. Last thing I want to talk about before I have another coughing fit. I've already talked about this once before in one of my Fat Man rants. Uh, let, let me pull that one up, and I will link it to you so you can share something similar. So you, Oh, no, two things I want to talk about. First of all, two things I want to talk about. Let's, uh, first of all, look, let's go to my channel so I can find the link. Playlists. Where is it? 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 I do not know where it is. That's like the last playlist. Nope, don't want to play it. I just want to... Um, to, to, 
Wow. It's been a long uh, share. Copy. There you go. Okay. All right, what's going on? I turned a maggot against fireworks. I said, why do they show all colors of a rainbow? <laughs> um, Robert, not trolling Dennis, my opinion, what Biden has done for us in front of the world. Look, make the Lord. I don't, I don't think that, that Biden has made the military look weak. I don't think he, I don't think he made the mil. I don't think he's made the military look weak at all. So. And Robert Douglas is bringing a boy. So that YouTube video that I shared is a is one of my fat man rants. Um, share that away. It's talk. It's a rant about polling data, but here's like my short rant about polling data. Now, they just passed that law in Iowa, and on Friday, I think the governor of Iowa, I think it's Iowa, that that's supposed to sign it, that bans abortion six weeks, and apparently, 61% of Iowans oppose the law. Like, want abortion to be legal beyond where it bans it. But here's my question. You know, and, and all of these people, all of these, all of these people in the media are saying, well, 61% of Iowans don't like the law, so why are they going to sign in the law? Well, you didn't ask the right questions in your poll, dummy. You didn't ask... Um, if you if, if if the governor signs this into law, are you going to vote for the Democrat who challenges challenges the governor in the next election? You didn't ask that question <clears throat> because that's the important question. Sixty one percent of the population might disagree with the law. It doesn't mean they're going to put their disagreement into a vote because while they might disagree with the law. They still might support the governor because they might say, well, I disagree with the law, but I agree with the governor and everything else, so I'm going to still going to vote for the governor, even though I disagree with the law. So you can shout to your blue in the face that they disagree with the law, but the, but the elected officials know better. They know that they can get away with it because they know what the answer is. They know that the answer is that, that these people are not going to stand up and say, I'm putting my foot down. This is enough. I'm going to be a single issue voter and I'm going to vote against you because you signed this into law. And until we get polling data that puts that specific question, those specific questions in, these polls about how many people support this issue or oppose this issue become meaningless on individual issues because unless the people are going to vote that way, it's ridiculous. <coughs> Damn it. Ugh. Uh, anywho, so let's briefly start recording real quick. So last uh, last Thursday, I was not able to call in to the Jeff Carrere show um, because I was feeling really sick because I still had COVID, and I was just I was still I was sleeping at my mother-in-law's house, which is which has been empty for months because my mother-in-law's been sleeping here. Anyway, so I called it. I didn't call into Jeff Carrera's show last week because I was sick, but I did send them an email with a couple of links. Um, but he did uh, read my email with uh, Joshua Bernstein on the air. And here is uh, the email that he read and their response. 
so our friend uh, Liberal Dan uh, has uh, written me here uh, <laughs> saying he was inspired by uh, my parodies of the week, and he sent me some clips I'm going to check into concerning uh, what Donald Trump said uh, on that tape. And uh, he said, uh, quote, uh, Jeff, we do know what the documents are. They were given to Trump by the Defense Department of potential for an attack. He said it was secret information. He clearly shared it with them. More in-depth conversation about my call with y'all last week from my show last night. So here's where your argument falls apart. Y'all think Hillary mishandled classified information. So why would the woman in the audio and he, Trump, talk about what Hillary would have done with these documents that they were looking at if these were not classified in secret? Context is key. You're ignoring the context. I'd call in today, but I'm sick and have a sore throat. So, uh, well, we do wish him well. There uh, you go. Of this. course, wish him well. He uh, blasted he, me, blasted you and his videos. <laughs> so go ahead. Give you a chance to I was respond. Just say, he's been so triggered by our conversations on your show that he has now taken it upon himself to start making videos, basically going through what we say and, and I guess – combating what we say and saying here's the real truth and here's the narrative so i don't know i don't know how many people are seeing it or whatever but uh one thing i will say that i do agree with him on if that's a possibility is we are both against the patriot act because we both understand that the patriot act is not what it's supposed to be and actually all three of us agree because i think that you're against it as well but other than that not too much else but uh, i do hope he feels better (laughs) definitely against the patriot act uh, yeah, and uh, we'll hopefully hear from him next week. Yeah, I may very well call him tomorrow, see how I feel. Um, see how if the coughing fit goes or whatever, but I am feeling better than I did feel last week, even though I do have the coughing fit still. But just two points on that. First of all, I am very appreciative of the fact that both of them were nice and wishing me well. So it, it's nice of the fact that even though we, we both disagree on on most everything, that or we all disagree on most everything that they're willing to you know put that aside and wish me well so thank you all for that a uh, i guess three things because b you know they understand and they 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 point out that you know the point that we do agree at least on the fact that we all dislike the patriot act so it's good that we can all recognize at least one point where we all agree so hey we can all it's it's not going to be some place where we all can gather around the fire and sing kumbaya, we're still going to disagree on almost everything else, but at least we can, you know, agree on that one thing. We don't have to disagree on every single solitary thing, but where I'm amused is the whole thing where I'm triggered. Like, I'm not triggered. I'm just, you know, I want to find more content to make for my channel. And I have found topics that I want to make contact content about. Now, sometimes that content is about Supreme Court rulings. Sometimes that content is about laws that are passed. And sometimes that content is about other content that individuals make. And it just so happens that two of the people I'm choosing to make content about more recently are Jeff Cruer and Josh Bernstein. Just like Josh Bernstein has Lots of content that he makes pertaining to other people as well. It's what literally almost every person on YouTube who discusses politics does 
every day. So it's not about being triggered. It's just about making content. So I don't know. Maybe he should feel honored. I don't know. I don't know if honored is the word I'm looking for, but maybe he should just be like, hey, cool. Somebody has decided to make videos in response to me uh, instead of picking somebody else to make videos about. So whatever. I mean, I, I hope I'm not being, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm being dishonest about what he says. I, I'm just giving my honest opinion about what he says and, and con- contradicting. He's more than welcome to make his own videos if he wants to go back and forth. He's more than he's been invited on the show. He's chosen not to do so. That's his choice. Whatever. As Herr Donald says, thank you, Donald. But anyway, we'll see. Will I make more videos? I may. I may not. Maybe there'll be somebody else I want to make videos about next week or the week after. Maybe Josh will have something that I want to talk about the next week or the week after. We'll just have to see how that goes. Anyway, but again, thank you both, Jeff and Josh, for wishing me well. And maybe I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. We'll just see how my throat feels. Have a good night. Anyway, so that was the end of that video. So let's see. Boo, boo, boo. Aquatic. Nobody would ever vote for Kamala for president. Um, That's not necessarily true. I mean, I was not a fan of Kamala uh, for the the nomination. I was not a big fan at all of Kamala for the nomination. Uh, I have some big problems with some of the things that she did uh, when she was Attorney General of California. Um, look up the Daniel Larson case and, and, and her issues with some habeas corpus issues. Uh, and so those, those are some big issues that I had with Kamala. But even when I was criticizing Kamala during the, 20, during the 2020 uh, uh, primaries, I said flat out, look, if it's Kamala versus Trump, I'm still going to vote Kamala. Whatever my problems I have with Kamala, I will vote for Kamala Harris against Trump any day of the week, because Trump is just that much of a problem, and the Supreme Court is that important. So there you go. So I don't believe that that's necessarily true. Um, aquatic as a centrist, you've always shown me respect. Dan. Wait, are you saying that I'm a centrist or you're a centrist? Who, who's the centrist in this conversation? <laughs> Um, what's what the Democrats need a strong black that's true the Democrats are reliant on a very strong black turnout that doesn't necessarily mean though that you need a you need a black candidate as Joe Biden proved (coughs) Joe Biden was able to pull a strong black turnout as an old white man Vincent Owens yes when y'all, when you have the choices of between uh, evil, choose less evil. Okay, I'm glad you said that you're the centrist because sometimes people will say that I'm the centrist, and I'm like, okay. I mean, it really depends on where you are. I mean, a lot of times political labels are a matter of perspective of where you're from. I mean, there are people who are leftists who say that I'm conservative, or who who will call me a liberal in in a in a tone that's not a very uh, forgiving tone. Um, I don't get the whole. Uh, problem that leftists have with liberals. Then again, I, I use the term liberal more as because that's what somebody else called me versus 
Um, I'm, if, if I was to label myself, it might be more like progressive Dan or leftist Dan because of the positions that I hold. Um, but I was labeled uh, liberal Dan by Rebecca Pratt, and it sucks. So I'm I'm wearing it as 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 a as a badge of honor. So, but you know, to people who are far on the right, the difference between liberal and leftist and progressive are inconsequential, and that's why I don't think that we should be fighting infighting as much as we do. Does that mean that we are? Uh, does that mean that we are? should never infight? No, because uh, the young jerks are being ridiculous. Although I, I, I'm questioning I'm questioning whether or not the young jerks are really progressive at this point for all of the stupidity that they've supported recently. But that's a whole different story for a whole other show that I can, you know, because I don't think I have another hour and 40 minutes under my belt. I'm surprised it lasted this additional 20 minutes. So that being said, because if I, if I continue anymore, I believe I'm going to be uh, hurting tomorrow, um, and I don't want to be hurting tomorrow. Uh, I, I want to I maintain my voice, and I, I will be streaming live tomorrow on Twitch, but Twitch doesn't require that as much talking normally. Uh, of course, people can always... Um, People can always uh, discuss on Twitch with everyone, but any uh, I'm quite like you, you, but you are a rare liberal because you were respectful of the people. I think there are more liberals like me than than you want to give credit for. Um, however, I mean I do get grief from some people in the chat. In that, I do give a lot more leeway and a lot more give two people who disagree with me simply because of the fact that I do want to have the interactions. I want the back and forth. I want to have the discussions because I mean, partially I want to understand why people believe the things that they want to believe, why people, you know, the debate and having an, like the debate is interesting to me. And like, especially when it's a good, honest debate, like, uh, say what you want about Gibson Media, um, and I've said I've said some things about Gibson Media too. But there's some, you know, I've had some. There's been some decent discussions with Gibson Media about certain topics, and we've had some decent conversations about some decent topics. Where at the end of the day, it, it was a decent discussion. There's been some times where I've been like, "What?" But there are other times where we've had decent conversations. There are other times where I've had other decent conversations with other conservatives that called. I had a whole show with um, the Texas Bell Bonds guy where I thought it was a really good show. I disagree with him on pretty much a whole bunch of stuff, but I, I, it was a good conversation. It was a good show and, and I, it was informative. And the whole show I learned about his view because there was a lot of things I didn't know about and it, and it helped shape my point of view about why, you know, his point of view in opposition to, like, the, the elimination of cash bail helped shape my point of view as to why I now support the elimination of cash bail more. Because I really got to see why they support it 
and I really got to understand why they support it, and then and it clicked. It really clicked why why they do why they do oppose it, and as such, why I should support it. And that's that's a lot. I think a lot of the times, a lot of a lot of the reasons, a lot of the times when people on my side of the aisle want to shut down the other side and don't want to listen to the other side. I think they're missing out. Not because I think that somehow they're going to agree with the other side more often than not, because they, I don't think they will, but I think by listening to the other side and really getting into why the other side believes what they do, I think you, you, you get, you get better arguments. I think a lot of the times, like when, when people in the chat have said that I do a really good job debating conservatives, I do a really good job coming with comebacks, I do a really good job with 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 coming with, with making a good argument about things. Like it's it's I don't think it's all just because I'm a smart guy. I mean, I'd like to think I'm a smart guy, I'd like to think I'm intelligent. But I think a, a good bit of it is because I've taken the time to understand why conservatives think the way they do. I've taken the time to, to, to really just read what they write, to listen to what they say, so that I can have a better understanding as to, as to, to better anticipate what they're going to be saying in the future and to be able to be able to understand when they say things in the future about other topics, be able to think, oh, this is why they're saying this. Like rolling like to a completely different topic. But like there was one time when there was a, the former Louisiana governor, Bobby Jindal was talking about um, birth control pills. And he used to be the head of the Louisiana Department of Health, and he ran into the ground. But everybody said he did a wonderful job. But he did a wonderful job because he saved a whole bunch of money. But in saving a whole bunch of money, he basically cut people's care off. Like he closed rural clinics. So people in rural clinics had to now go to big cities, which made them less likely to get preventive care and more likely to wait for their systems for their issues to become bigger. <clears throat> so in the long run, it became a problem. But but he was very conservative, like he was um, no abortions, no exceptions type of person. But he came out one day in support of making uh, birth control pills over the counter, available over the counter. And everyone was like, wow, Bobby Jindal wants birth control pills to be over the counter. That's kind of cool of him. And I'm just like, there has to be a catch. I'm sitting there like, there has to be a catch. Why would Bobby Jindal want birth control pills to be over the counter? And I was the first. I don't know. Maybe other people thought of it as well. It's possible. But I was the first one of anybody in my circle that thought of it that was like, this is why Bobby Jindal wants birth control pills to be over the counter. Because when birth control pills become over the counter, they're no longer covered by insurance as preventive medicine. Because the Affordable Care Act makes birth control pills be covered as 100% coverage first dollar because they're prescriptions. Once they're over the counter, they're no longer prescribed. Once they're no longer prescribed, they're not covered by, by, by they're, not, they're not required to be covered by your prescription plan. So therefore, 
all of these companies that are that are not wanting to cover these pills don't, no longer have to. So he's protecting these pro-life or anti-choice companies that don't want to provide birth control pills by taking them out of the formularies, by making them over the counter. That's why he's doing it. He's not doing it for the benefit of people who might use them. He's doing it to benefit the people who don't want to cover them. And people were like, that's pretty evil. Well, you don't know the guy like I do. You haven't studied the guy like I have. You haven't taken the time to learn how this dude thinks. But I had to, I had to because I ran against him, so I know. So, so that's the thing. And that's what I think I bring to this show, that I don't, I don't know how many other podcasts do. I mean, if there are other podcasts that do that you all listen to, I mean, hey, point me to them. I would love to listen to them because that would be my kind of podcast to listen to. I mean, I love Hal. Hal's great. And Hal does a great job of what he does. And he does a great job of, you know, reviewing the videos and covering them and, and putting his spit on it. And, and I love it <coughs> because I love how Sparks, I love his wit, I love his commentary, I love his politics for the most part. Uh, we disagree on some things, but it's fine. We, you know, I don't even disagree. I don't even agree with me from 20 years ago. So I'm not going to agree with Hal on anything. I'm not going to agree with everybody on everything. So... Putin, hey, Katie Hobbs of Arizona just passed contraception without DOS prescription. I don't think about the insurance aspect. Now, just be clear. I'm not necessarily saying that everybody who does it and allows birth control pills to be available over the counter, it's not necessarily all the same aspect, but it's something to take into consideration. It, it is, it is something, it is something to consider when people suggest that. Now, I don't necessarily expect Katie Hobbs to have an, a nefarious um, reasoning to support that. Um, however, I, I do want to go, I do want to look into what they passed in Arizona because the wording of that is going to be interesting because the wording of that might say um, might make like maybe some over the counter while some are not versus what I think Jindal was proposing, which is all of them being over the counter, which is a different animal altogether. If some are over the counter and some are not, that's fine because that, that, that expands access to certain people to, to some people who don't have insurance. What I would prefer is what like Hickenlooper did in, in Colorado. When John Hickenlooper, when John Hickenlooper was governor of Colorado, he and the legislature there made uh, contraception available for everybody at no charge, whether or not you had insurance. So it didn't, so it didn't matter if it was over the counter or not. I mean, I think you still had to get it prescribed maybe, but and I have no problem with like, you know, it, it might be that Katie Hobbs did something to where like maybe a, a pharmacist can prescribe it. Let me look it up real quick before my throat kills me. 
the aquatic. My positions are only improved or dis or improved or disproved by debating. What doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. It's also why I don't tease. It's kind of productive. Fair enough. Um, Katie Hobbs, Arizona Birth Control Legislation. Let's see. Six days ago, Arizona Governor Green lies over the counter birth control. Arizonians 18 and older will soon be able to go to the local pharmacy and purchase oral contraceptions without a prescription. Hobbs had announced in the move Thursday called reproductive freedom essential for families uh, working hard to create life for themselves in Arizona. I will never stop fighting to protect freedoms. The order goes into effect immediately, but those wanting oral contraceptives will have to complete a screening and blood pressure test. Hobbs also encouraged Arizonians to call their pharmacy ahead to make sure the contraceptives are available. Birth control medication is already available over the counter in Oregon, California, and D.C. More than 20 states have statutes that allow pharmacies to dispense FDA hormones without the need of prescriptions per statement of Arizona Department of Health Services. At the federal level, FDA administrators have endorsed over-the-counter drug O-pills, saying the risk of unintended pregnancies far outweighed any risk associated with the drug. In addition, Biden signed a nickel executive order to increase access to contraceptive and family planning like this year in response to the student course of decision overturned row. Um, all right. So 18 or older. So I guess if you're under 18, you still need a, you still need uh let's read the press release. Um, Katie Hobbs announced the expansion of over-the-counter contraception. Arizona's 18 or older, blah, blah, blah. We're building Arizona for everyone, which means ensuring people across the state have access to lead free and healthy life. Uh, it goes into effect immediately, and patients seeking contraceptive will be required to complete a screening and blood pressure test. Arizonians are currently blah, blah, blah. So no. Um, is, it an, is it legislation or is it an executive order? Let's just... Arizona PBS. Um, Katie Hobbs joined Sam and other presidents to discuss the proposed Arizona Rights of Contraception Act. Contraception is essentially critical of marginalized groups. All right, so I'm not really exactly sure if it's every contraception or every every example of contraception or if it's just like that O-pill. Um, which birth control pills of Arizona over the counter? Let's see. Patients 18 years old older can check their nearest pharmacy for access to the contraceptives. Senate Bill 1802 is passing a law. Um, Governor Gady Hobbs refuses to rescind her abortion-related prosecution order. Birth control is now available over the counter for Arizona's prescription. Legislation, Senate Bill 1082, was passed in law in 2021, signed by Ducey, but needed to follow a set of rules before moving forward. Um, so in reality, it wasn't even her that did it. It was done under Ducey. 
it was just that the administration had to do a couple of steps before Let's see. In a pharmacist in Arizona may dispense hormonal contraception, including the contraceptive pill, patch, or raid to a patient who is at least 18 years of under the standing order. Patient will be required to be a standing order. Um, let's see. Standing order is issued in pursuance of ARS 32-1979.01, so let's look at that law. Self-administered hormone contraceptives, requirements, rules, immunity, definition. A pharmacist may dispense a self-administered hormonal contraception to a patient who is at least 18 years old onto a standing pres- of age to a standing prescription drug order made in accordance with subsection B of the section without any other patient-specific prescription drug order. A prescriber who is licensed to prescribe a self-administered hormonal contraception, including a person acting in the prescriber's capacity as an employee of the Department of Health Services or a county health department, may issue a standing prescription drug order authorizing the dispensing of a self-administered hormonal contraception. This subsection does not create a duty to act or a standard of care of employee, blah, 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 blah. The board, in conjunction with the Department of Health Services, in consultation with the National Professional Organization, specializing in obstetrics and gynecology, shall adopt rules to establish procedures for pharmacists to dispense self-administered hormonal contraceptions pursuant to the section. Standard procedures that require pharmacists to do both of the following. Obtain a nationally, a completed nationally recognized self-screening risk assessment from each patient before dispensing the hormonal contraception to the patient. Provide the patient with information about self-administered hormonal contraception. Uh, pharmacist or prescriber acting reasonably and in good faith um, shall not be liable for civil damages. Uh, self-administered hormonal contraception means a self-administered hormonal contraception that is approved by the United States Food and Drug Administration to prevent pregnancy includes oral hormonal contraception, a hormonal contraceptive vaginal ring, and a hormonal contraceptive patch. Okay. Standing order applies to licensed trained pharmacists. Uh, standing order pertains to self-administered hormonal contraceptives that are approved by the United States FDA to prevent pregnancy, include only uh, an oral hormonal contraceptive, a hormonal contraceptive vaginal ring, a patch, does not provide override a valid patient-specific prescription for hormonal contraceptives that are used by an authorized prescriber and dispensed by pharmacists pursuant to that valid prescription. This standing order is not intended to be used by organizations who employ or contract medical staff who are authorized to write standing orders and prescriptions. Such medical staff may create their own standing orders for their patients. Um, I think that's the key words. So this standing order does not override a valid patient-specific prescription for a hormonal contraception that is issued by an authorized prescriber and dispensed by a pharmacist pursuant to that valid prescription. I think that's the key word that's important in this in this in this order, since what that does in my non-lawyer, but as many lawyers have said, good understanding of the law for a layperson legal opinion, even though I haven't stated a Holiday Inn Express at all recently, I think that little section right there is what will enable a prescriber to still prescribe oral contraception to a patient so that it would be covered by insurance. 
I think that's the difference between what Bobby Jindal was proposing and what is being done in Arizona. So, so you, you can get these pills over the counter if you want to, or if you need to, because it's either not covered by your insurance because you work for Hobby Lobby or some other BS organization or company that doesn't want to cover them. But if they're covered by your insurance at 100% for the first dollar, you can still get a prescription from your doctor and that, and it, it was still, it'll still, this law that makes it over the counter does not override that, that prescription from your doctor. As such, your insurance can say, nope, it's over the counter. We don't cover over the counter. This basically says, this is still a valid prescription. You must cover it. So that's the point. That, that was what I was looking for in looking for all the stuff. That was basically what I was looking for. Um, and then in the standing order, there's a list of medications that are included in the standing order. So um, I don't know if there are ones that are not included in the standing order. Um, I don't know the names of all of like all of these are listed by names. Like there are combined oral contraceptives, and all of them are listed by their like I guess their chemical or their their generic names and not their you know full on names. But they have their names and their dosage listed here, but they don't have their like you know whatever their commercial name is. So I'm guessing there are might be examples of pills that are not covered here that maybe the stronger versions still need to be prescribed, um, which is still fine. Um, but yeah, and this PDF also has like a questionnaire, I'm guessing that you have to answer, it has the ask questionnaire in Spanish. Um, has a chart, medical eligibility criteria for contraceptive use, et cetera. But anyway, that's that. My point of looking through all that was basically to say, okay, um, will people be able to in Arizona to still use their insurance to obtain birth control pills? And the answer is because of that one paragraph. My 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 belief is yes. My belief is yes, they will be able to do so because of that paragraph wording. So, and frankly, I'm surprised I didn't enter more into more coughing fits during that whole thing. Um, let's see. So let's scroll back to see what was said in the thing. Um, imposing a religion on others is against the New Testament. Attract them, lead them, and they will follow. Okay. Um, but there are many things that are against the New Testament West that people still who follow the New Testament, who claim to follow the New Testament still push. Um, Putin, excellent Hickenlooper as it should be. Absolutely. I agree. Mountain Lady OTCs are covered on my flexible spending account. If prescribed would be full price though. Um, yeah, but, but, but the thing is, is if an, if an OTC, but if, if, an, if an oral contraceptive is considered preventive care under the Affordable Care Act, and as such is covered at 100% first dollar, so you don't have to pay anything for it, even if there's even if you haven't hit your deductibles or whatever, there's no coinsurance, there's no deductibles, there's no nothing. 
So under the Arizona law, as I'm reading it, even if it is over the counter for people who need it to be over the counter, as, as, the, as the law expands access to everybody who needs it, um, if you have insurance that does cover it, you still get 100% first dollar, so you don't need to use your FSA because it's still had to cover 100% first dollar. So therefore, there's no need to spend it on your, there's no need for you to use your FSA card for it. Um, to do... Don't believe I need to be the sage, but believe I should be available for procreation age females. I mean, there are, I mean, I don't presume to know how old you are, Mountain Lady, but there are other uses for birth control pills above than just for birth control. <laughs> there are people who use birth control pills for many other reasons. So, I mean, there are people, you know, who use them for dealing with, um, uh, I don't know if it's endometriosis or some, I don't know what it is. I don't forget what the condition is that I remember there was one of the people that was that was testifying in front of Congress um, who I think she happened to be a lesbian. Um, and so um, and, and I think it was Rush Limbaugh or something was, was like calling her a slut because she wanted to have birth control pills. And she was like, I sleep with women. I don't I don't use these pills because I'm having sex with men. You know, I sleep with women. I don't sleep with people with penises. I, I'm, I'm under no risk under of, of having getting pregnant via consensual sex. So therefore, no, I'm not. I might be a slut, but my being a slut is not going to is not going to cause me to get pregnant anytime soon. Um, so no, this has nothing to do with that. This is a condition that that needs to be covered. Um, let's see. Used to be we could buy band-aids or thermometers with FSAs, and they started cracking down. I think you still should be able to though. I think there are many things that still can be bought with FSAs. Um, thanks for looking. As often happens, little details when you report a headliner. Uh, yeah, that's why I look. Um, see, I work with a woman that cannot figure out why her boyfriend would come back from hunting with only one shirt sleeve. Weird. Um, aquatic sounds like that law did nothing really. It did do something, though. It did. It enabled people who don't have insurance or who have insurance like through a company like Hobby Lobby to be able to have access. Like some companies like some companies like Walmart or not Walmart, like Hobby Lobby, where your insurance does, doesn't cover doesn't well insurance won't cover oral contraception or whatever. Or maybe you, you you're working someplace Maybe you work at some place like a Catholic hospital or something where you're not allowed, where they don't won't even prescribe you a birth control pill. Maybe, but you still want to take one. In this case, you know, whatever the situation might be, if whatever, for whatever reason you either lack the insurance or you lack the ability to be able to get a birth, a birth control prescription, you now in Arizona will be able to go to your Walgreens or wherever, whatever they have, Dwayne Reed or whatever it is that they have in Arizona and say, I would like a birth control pill. And, and you can say, okay. And then some of these places, if you can take the ones that are those, some of these companies like your Walmart, your Walgreens will have some of these available for just four bucks a month. 
Now, I know some people who can't take those. There are some people for whom those are not, they won't either won't work or they'll have bad reactions to them and they need to take the more expensive ones. But for some people, being able to go in to a Walmart or a Walgreens and being able to spend between four and 10 bucks a month to be able to get an oral contraceptive without having to get, you know, pay for your insurance or be able to pay a doctor or having to pay a doctor and getting around whatever problems you're having, getting it normally, it does help some people. So, um, but so that one's here to have help with super bad crops to go with menstruation. Matter of fact, my wife had them before we married for the reasons she was not sleeping around that you know of. Sorry, had to say it, but yeah, that, that, that was one of my points, but you met, you, you got there before I did. Um, Aquatic, another law passed to score political points that make an actual meaningful change. Well, here's the thing, though, is that the law was passed. It wasn't passed under Hobbs. At least it wasn't passed with Hobbs as governor. It was passed under, under Ducey. Ducey signed the law. It was only, it only, but the law required certain things to be done, and those things, those steps that were done were done under the Hobbs administration, not the Ducey administration. Um, so in reality... It was passed under Ducey, but Hobbs gets the credit for doing the last steps, which is interesting. Um, let's see. West Webb, it was so much easier when the girl uses birth control pills, otherwise condoms and foam makes it less romantic. Um, I don't know. Depends on what your, what your definition of romance is. Taking a little extra time to put on a condom and foam is much more romantic than having to deal with the baby crying, right? Um, I, I, I scroll too far. Um, bringing a boy. Should a taxpayer pay for a trans male for an abortion? Um... I don't agree with the Hyde Amendment, and so if 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 the abortion if, if abortion is covered and the trans male is pregnant and needs an abortion, let's say the trans male was especially in a case of a rape, yeah. Next, um, let's see, boo 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 boo. My girl speaks at a homeless man that has a dog who she loves, takes him dog food, stuff for him. See, Vincent Allen, tell me how many uses of marijuana? A good bit. Um, Mountain Lady could be your mom. Hope not. Um, I have to scroll too far again. Do, do, do. As long as aren't condoms cheaper apart from the physical needs some women may have for the pill? Um, not necessarily. Depends. I mean, you can get condoms for free at a lot of clinics. So it really depends. Um, you know, back when I was single, I didn't risk whether or not uh, the person was on the pill or not. I wouldn't trust whether or not the person took the pill regularly or as was supposed to or not, I'd always make sure to use a condom regardless. 
So, you know, the condom was for, for, for my protection and for her protection or for their protection. And the, the pill, you know, additionally was up for them as well. Um, for the most part, can I say I was 100% perfect in, in my time? So we'll see, you know. Thank you, Donald. Um, STDs are not sexy. No, they're not. STDs, let's see. Would you like a little drip for that STD, sir? LOL. As the, as the old commercial would go, VD is for everybody, right? I keep a loaf of moldy bread just in case. <laughs> nice. Not all that natural penicillin there. Anyway, so after I said I was going to stop the show about half an hour ago, I'm still going, but I'm stopping the show now. Gosh darn it. So thank you all for hanging around. Appreciate y'all. Um, no more coughing in y'all ears. This is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Almost hit the wrong button. <laughs> uh, I will be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central. Um, do it all again. I will be... Um, if you have condom stories, stories, Jeff, we got to save it for Liberal Dan, uh, Liberal Dan After Dark. Maybe I might make it a Patreon thing. If I do Liberal Dan After Dark, maybe I'll just simply do it a Patreon thing. We'll see. Anyway, um, tomorrow night, um, Dirty Dan, uh, on DirtyDan.com on Twitch, as well as Tuesday night. Uh, if you want to help me try and push and get ready for stage two when I become monetized here. Um, Liberal Band Radio on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Liberal Band Radio. Um, follow me over there. That'll be the first part of getting that set up so I can maybe get monetized over there as well. Uh, so next week, Liberal Band Radio. That's right.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.